This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and it's my goal here on the podcast to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your chamber members and your community. Our title sponsor is Community Matters, Inc. With nearly 20 years in the chamber industry and over 100 media awards presented to their chamber partners, Community Matters provides the R&R that every chamber needs, revenue and recognition. When it comes to publishing a chamber map, directory, or community guide, Community Matters has the trusted experience to help your chamber accomplish your goals. With different advertising sales models and publication styles, Community Matters will help you create a non-dues revenue machine. Let's hear from Becky Womble, President and CEO of the Bastrop Chamber, to hear about her experience using Community Matters. I've been using Community Matters for probably six or seven years now, and in a previous life, I sold commercial printing, so I can highly recommend Community Matters because it's a complete turnkey job for any busy chamber exec. Um, Basically, you give them a membership list, and from there, they contact your members and It's no high pressure sales or anything. And it really is a complete turnkey job from start to finish. And it's a wonderful, beautiful printed product whenever you're finished. And I just, I'm very sold on Community Matters. And with a printing background, I just, big endorsement for me. To learn how Community Matters can support your chamber with your next publication, please visit communitymattersinc.com slash podcast to request your free media kit and request a proposal to find out what kind of non-dues revenue you can generate. Our guest for this episode is Jody Ozarski. For the first five years at the Michigan West Coast Chamber, Jody was accountable for providing leadership in all areas of the organization, as well as serving as the integrator within the EOS framework. As the Vice President and Chief Operating Officer, Jody was responsible for all human resources, accounting, and finance functions, as well as managing the staff, facilities, and operations, and directing the West Coast Leadership Program. As of September 1st, 2022, Jody was appointed as President and CEO of the Michigan West Coast Chamber. Jody's limitless capacity for solving math problems has been essential to creating budgets and balance sheets. And her inviting personality and quick humor, (laughs) combined with her strategic thinking, give her the edge when managing staff, communities, and volunteers. Jody's contagious energy ripples out into her business community. Working with the Chamber is the perfect culmination of all Jody's previous work experiences, including as a self-employed small business owner, serving as the community center director at a nonprofit, working in HR for a large manufacturer, and overseeing operations for an international consulting firm. Jody currently serves on a variety of boards and throughout the community and including ACCE. Jody is an enthusiastic Spartan with a bachelor's degree in psychology with an emphasis on human resource management from Michigan State University. Jody, I'm excited to have you with us today here on Chamber Chat Podcast. I'd love for you to take a moment to say hello to all the Chamber Champions and share something interesting about yourself so we can all get to know you a little better. Awesome. Thanks, Brandon. Truly, it's an honor uh, to be able to be a part of your podcast. I've been a fan for a long time and thrilled to have the opportunity to share what we're working on at the the West Coast Chamber. I don't know what more I have left. I, I feel like 
I could have, uh, <laughs> uh, you, you've summed up my whole life. You know more about me now than maybe my mom would even be able to say. So thanks for the uh, detailed uh, intro. I, I, uh, I'm honored. Yeah, well, we get personal on here, so. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit more about the Michigan West Coast Chamber, just to give us an idea, um, you know, size of the chamber, staff, budget, that all play well into our discussion today, but also touch on the scope of work that you guys are involved with. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're located in Holland, Michigan. I'm glad you said Michigan West Coast Chamber, uh, because often if we're called the West Coast Chamber, th people think we're over in California. Right. Um, the West Coast Chamber came about about 10 years ago, actually, when two of our chambers merged uh, to make the West Coast Chamber. And that's been a, just a great process for us since that time. We have about 1,200 members and recently grew our staff to seven. So we've had a pretty small but mighty team uh, based on the number of members that we serve. Um, we are proud to be five-star accredited through the U.S. Chamber of Commerce um, and hope to get that reaccreditation status again when we reapply uh, at this time next year. Um, one unique thing, perhaps, about our organization is we run on something called EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System. It's maybe not as unique anymore. I think we were the very first chamber in the country to, to start running on EOS, but we've been evangelists. Um, because of the game changing that that has been for our organization. So um, we're super active in our community. We say that we're a catalyst for business growth and development. We're a convener of leaders and influencers and a champion for a thriving community. Um, maybe not so unique. We hear that often right. throughout the chamber community. Right. No, that is great. And it, I'm glad you mentioned the EOS system. And uh, occasionally I'll hear it in other podcasts that I listen to, entrepreneurial-based podcasts, and they'll bring up the EOS system, like the Michigan West Coast Chamber uses that, you know, do indeed. <laughs> setting a good example with it. So hopefully uh, through our discussion today, we'll have an opportunity to explore that a little bit and and maybe how you guys implement that and uh, along with our topic today. So yep. Um, as we focus on our, our topic that we're covering for our discussion today, it's around small staff, big impact. And um, that's all relative, right? So each community, um, staff sizes are all relative to, you know, like Jody mentioned, they've got seven staff, but serving about 1,200 chamber members. So that is a, a relative small staff to that size of membership, Um I know some listening might have a you know membership <laughs> two or three hundred and maybe be the only one, but we'll talk today about you know ways to make a big impact with a, a small staff and really getting the best bang for your buck as we go throughout this conversation today. And we'll dive into that a little deeper as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round affordable and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat, Shop, Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar. Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app 
will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. Exciting news! Introducing Pippily by Chamber Nation, the innovative solution to manage and promote your community for unstoppable growth. Joining the Chamber of Commerce means one thing, commerce. Businesses want to thrive, and Pippoli is here to make that happen. With Pippoli, your members can experience remarkable benefits even if they can't attend events. It's a game changer for retention. Say goodbye to ordinary directories and embrace a transformative commerce management system. Unlock the true power of commerce management. Picture a centralized Pippoli dashboard combining top mobile technologies for subscriptions, event registration, community communications, and more. It's incredible. Don't miss out. Visit pippily.com to learn more. That's P-I-P-P-I-L-Y.com. Schedule your demo at richardscalendar.com. It's affordable and delivers more. Pippily by Chamber Nation. Your community's future starts now. The holidays are closer than you think, and now is the time to get ready. Hi, I'm Raquel from Yifty. Yifty offers custom-branded gift cards that can only be redeemed at your local businesses. And in December, we see six months of card sales in just one month. This means that by launching your community card, you'll help generate thousands of dollars for your local businesses this holiday season. Yifty's community card program is free for you and your participating businesses. Join over 500 chambers, main streets, cities, and downtown associations that are using community cards to keep local dollars local. Email sales at yifty.com to learn more. That's sales at yifte.com. All right, Jody, we are back. Um, I am anxious to learn more about how you guys make a big impact uh, especially with your staff size and, and leveraging opportunities there in your community to, to serve your chamber members. So what are some of those the fundamental ways that you uh, leverage that impact? You know, the big thing for us, Brandon, I think is that um, part of EOS is being super clear on who you are and what your focus area is. And for us, um, when we look at making an impact, we really look at five different areas uh, for us to work in. The first being advocacy. I know that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. For us, it means that we promote a business-friendly environment um, through access to elected officials and education on important business-related issues. Um, that's, a, that's a big focus for us. The second is business building. We want to help provide visibility, connections, and resources for business success that really comes into play with our smaller businesses uh, that are in our chamber. Third area for us is community impact. We think that we can maximize the community, the impact on our community through collaboration and innovation, right? Not everything that we do is business focused um, because we know that if the, the community is strong, business is strong and vice versa, right? right? Strong business leads to strong community, strong community, strong and so we, we want to make sure that we're right at that intersection to make sure that we can help provide a thriving community. Fourth area for us, leadership and talent development. We deliver education and training 
opportunities for employees to just grow their abilities. Uh, this has become especially important throughout uh, this kind of post-pandemic time. Staffs are stretched thin. People have been pushed into positions that perhaps they weren't quite ready for or they've not been trained appropriately for. Uh, we want to fill that gap and provide opportunities to help develop uh, the leadership and, and talent skill set within our employee base. And then the last one is inclusivity. We want to foster a culture of belonging within our business community. We want everyone to feel not only like there's a seat at the table for them, but that we expect them at the table. We welcome them to the table. We've got a seat for them and we want their voice uh, to be present. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And it it's um, imperative, I would say, to be clear in, on who you are and what your areas of focus are to be able to know what your day-to-day tasks and responsibilities are, right? If, you, if you're Absolutely. not clear on that, you just kind of wander. Well, and I think, honestly, Brandon, as the chamber, um, when people don't know where to go with something, where do they go? They go to the Chamber of Commerce, right? That's right. And so we get inundated with all kinds of, I'll call them opportunities uh, <laughs> to, to be involved. And um, some of those things are fantastic. But if we don't know who we are and what our purpose, what our niche is, it would be really easy to just get pulled into a ton of different directions and be less impactful. Um, knowing what our niche is, what those five things are that that we're going to work on, if it doesn't fit in one of those five, we're going to have to say no for us. And our role may be just helping them find others that might be better suited to help right. with the, the work that needs to be done. Yeah. And I often hear, oh, but it's great exposure. You know, the chamber will get great exposure, you know, and I have yeah. to remind myself that people also die of exposure. So you need yeah. to <laughs> you oh, need to channel that, right? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on to that one. Dying right. Exposure is so true. <laughs> so it helps being able to narrow down what that focus is so you can kind of weed yeah. out those extra opportunities or exposure and really hone in on what your work, what what you guys are focused on. Um, so once you have that, that clear identity and focus, um, mm -hmm. taking the, the staff that you have, how do you leverage your staff into delivering in these five key areas? Yep. You know, the big thing for us, honestly, Brandon, is we start before considering staff and look at what work needs to be done and then creating those roles. So whether you have a staff of one or a staff of seven, you've really got to clarify what that work is. Um, Usually it should be kind of those three to five main um, pieces of work that need to get done and then find the right people to do that. Um, and so for us, we work off an accountability chart uh, so that we're all on the same page of who's accountable for what. It looks a lot like an org chart, um, but really works more from this accountability standpoint. And once we've got that clarity, um, when all of those other opportunities and exposures come up, we're again focused back on what are the three to five most important things that we need to focus on. And so we we really leverage um, our staff in that way to make sure we continue to stay honed in and completing the most important work because there's always more right. to do. Well, and I love that approach of really being, you know, clarifying the work and as you mentioned, finding the right people. And I'm thinking for those with a really small staff, if they're a staff mm -hmm. of one or two, 
it may not be where they're finding the right people to do it, but maybe it's finding the right time and blocking out the time and their schedule yep. to focus on those areas of work. So really blocking and, and clarifying what that work is that need to be, needs to be done and Absolutely. Then assigning the time or the people to yep. that, I think is key. For sure. Further to that for us, we work in 90 days segments. Uh, so we work at a quarter at a time. So at the end of each quarter, we look back and review, how did we do this last quarter, accomplishing what we needed to get done? And what's the most important work that needs to happen in this next 90 days uh, for us to be successful and on track? And so there may be additional um, tasks and projects and things that bubble up that need to be tackled in that 90 days. Um, and as we assign those to an individual, um, it also gives them that clarity and permission really to reprioritize their tasks and know this is my number one priority in this 90 days, this has to get done. Um, mm -hmm. And so that, that additional clarity really helps keep us on track. I like that idea. It gives you little kind of sprints to be able to be accountable for exactly. your area of work. And, um, it, and I'm sure that all fits within you know, those 90 day sprints or focus all fit within the mission of the chamber as well. It does. And yeah. um, I'm saying as we're recording this, it's March of 2023 and we're coming off of these, uh, these Silicon Valley banks and everything that have right. you know crashed. And, and as I'm diving into that a little bit, just learning about it, um, all these banks were public banks and they look at one quarter at a time to try to perform for their shareholders, mm -hmm. but they don't have that driving mission that's driving that organization. Right. And you can get in real trouble if you're just, you know, looking at the next month or 90 days or quarter or whatever it is without that bigger mission and that's right. purpose and focus. For so, sure. Yep. For us, we back our way in, right? So we start with a 10 year um, target of kind of where do we want to be 10 years from now? And then um, if we pictured three years from now, what would be on track to get us to that 10 years, right? And then here's our one-year goals. Here's our one-year plan of what do we need to accomplish in the next 12 months to keep us on track towards that mission. That way, any of those 90-day sprints or projects, we call them rocks, um, align with that to make sure, are we on track to meet our goals for the bigger picture, right? For that one-year plan. And what do we need to do in the next 90 days to make sure we hit those goals? Yeah, I love that. Um, it may be helpful for listeners who, I think a lot of chambers have, have heard of the EOS system, but maybe it, it may not be so easy to just summarize in a nutshell, but maybe give it your best shot just so if someone's listening and like, what is EOS? And we'll just save them a, a Google search and, and just sure. hear it from the chamber that implemented it first. <laughs> what is it and what, how does that work? Yep. Uh, EOS just really takes all of the best business practices from a variety of sources and puts it in one easy uh, to follow kind of recipe, our cookbook. Uh, for us, it means that we have absolute clarity on who we are, what we're called to do, what our goals are, and what we need to accomplish those, those things. So it's not anything super unique. It's just taking all of those best principles and putting them all together in, in one place. So it's, it's having that clarity. Um, it's giving you a long-term vision. Um, 
our, our strategic plan is really a kind of a two-page document that's called a VTO, a Vision Traction Organizer, um, that just has everything in one place. You can ask anyone on our team what our goals are, where we're going, um, and what our core values are, and they could just knock those out like this, right? It's it's not something that's a document that's put away and we pull out every three years to see if we're on track. It's living and breathing and driving the work that we do. So for those listening, you may hear entrepreneurial operating system and think it's an app or a program or something. It's really just more of a framework to kind of yep. structure the organization around and keep you on track with your your purpose and those uh, the core values that you mentioned. Absolutely. There's a book called uh, Traction by Gina Wickman. Uh, that's the cookbook. So yeah, a pretty easy, a pretty easy read. Um, but once you uh, kind of work your way through that, it's like, ah, this makes sense. Yeah. So for those who are listening with the smaller staff, and I feel like every chamber out there can um, really you know, hone in on this because I feel like every chamber is always understaffed for everything they have going on. Once they, you know, kind of focus in on their their areas of work, their their areas of focus of, of uh, yep. purpose, I guess. Yeah. Um, clarifying the work and who's going to do the work. What next steps would you suggest, or what uh, what's the next thing to to try to really maximize the impact that that they have with their limited staff? You're exactly right. You got to have clarity in your purpose and your needs. You've got to find the right people, right, that can do that work. Um, and then you've got to build the culture that are going to keep your all-stars in place. So um, it's really easy, especially for chambers, um, to just burn out, right? Um, chamber work is not eight to five Monday through Friday. Uh, chamber work is all-encompassing 24-7. Uh, if I go to a wedding, I feel like I'm still representing the chamber, right? And so it 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 never ends. So it's also creating those boundaries for yourself to make sure that you continue to have gas in the tank uh, to be able to do the work that is so incredibly important for our community. For us, I sound like an EOS evangelist. I swear they're not paying me to say these things. Um, but a game changer for us this year is um, we, we read another book called The EOS Life. Um, and essentially it boils down to five questions. And whether you do EOS or not, um, I, I love this self-reflection to make sure you stay on track. One is um, you have to say yes to all five of these questions. Are you doing what you love? Are you doing it with people that you love? Are you making a huge difference? Are you compensated appropriately? And do you have time for other passions? We hold ourselves accountable to those five questions because if any of those answers are a no, um, our time here at the chamber is likely gonna be short, right? If we're not loving the work that we do, you know, we're going to end up finding our way out. The biggest issue we've had, frankly, is time for other passions. And so we continue to put guardrails and bumpers in place to make sure that our team is getting out and they've got time for other things. And I'm asking them, what, what makes you happy? What brings you joy? And we're actually tracking on a scorecard. Are you doing those things? Are you filling that part of yourself um, so that you can continue to feel um, vibrant, joyful, and and prepared to to do the work. Right. No, that's so important to to avoid that burnout and make sure 
in developing that culture, make sure people are enjoying life, make sure they enjoy coming to work, that they enjoy the work they're involved with. And if not, you know, let's make some adjustments. Let's see, you know, what does bring them passion. Let's encourage them to take some vacation days. Let's encourage, you know, those things that are going to help to uh, sustain, you know, a good, a good healthy balance. If if there is such a thing. (laughs) And, you know, and there is, and I think if you're a staff of one, you might think that's um, almost impossible to do, but I would challenge and say it's more important than ever that you can say yes to all five of those things, right? Because it all does boil down to you. So if you can't say yes to all those things, if it's if it's a time issue, um, then figure out what, what has to come off your plate. You can't do everything, right? right. So it goes back to knowing what your purpose is and, and making sure that all of your time is spent on those things um, and kind of peeling away the rest. And if you are a staff of one, just feeling totally overwhelmed, you know, utilize your board, utilize your volunteers, you know, do you guys, how do you utilize volunteers in your board there at the the West Coast Chamber? Great, great question. Um, We've really changed the expectations that we have for our volunteers. We had a huge ambassador program. We had, I think, over a hundred ambassadors. They were ineffective. It was clicky. Um, anybody who wanted to be an ambassador could just be an ambassador. I, it was more of a social club than anything else. And a couple of years ago, we decided that that just wasn't representing who we were as an organization. So we pushed pause, um, and completely flipped that program. We took what we do for our organization from an EOS clarity standpoint and put that same principles into place for our ambassadors. Um, and so they had to know who we were and what their purpose was. And we had expectations for them. We started an application process and an interview process for them to be a part of uh, this important team for us. We're down to, I think, 40 now ambassadors, and they are doing such incredible, meaningful work for us um, that I can't imagine not having them as a resource and an extension for our team. Um, we have a very robust member engagement process. Uh, we call them journeys here. It's a defined uh, track of what a member can experience, the touch points that they're going to have with our organization. We don't want them just hearing from us once a year when it's time for them to write another check, right? right. And so we've got this structured journey uh, that would happen throughout the year. We can't do all of those touch points for 1,200 members with a staff of six or seven. Not and not do it well. And so we engage our ambassadors to do a lot of that outreach and engagement. And it's a great opportunity for them, right? It grows their connections um, for their own job outside of the chamber, but it also uh, provides the, that meaningful contact from the chamber's perspective and gives us the insight that we need so that if a membership is at risk, we know about that before it's just a lack of payment for an invoice. So we, we can get on that issue earlier. Right. Now, I love the way you guys are, have changed that ambassador program and really creating that, that honed in focus. Um, do you know how, how did that transition go, go from going from a hundred down to four? Cause I can just see yep. listeners being like, yes, that's on our, our ambassador program. It's clicky. It's way too big. Yep. It's ineffective, but you don't want to you know, push people away. So how do you make that transition? Yep. Great question. So the first year 
Um, we allowed, we, we provided clarity on what the new expectations were going to be. And we allowed everyone who was currently an ambassador to reapply or to apply and be accepted in that first year. But they did have to apply, but we weren't going to turn any of them away. Some of them with the new expectations in place, they were kind of like, yeah, that sounds a lot like work to me. And I, I think I'm out. <laughs> And so that was great, right? They self-selected out. Yes. Um, others kind of came through that first year and thought, whatever, you know, they they knew how it was going to be. And after that year of clarity and expectations, they were like, yeah, that felt a lot more like work. I'm out this year. And so it wasn't an abrupt change. Um, others, we had to have some direct conversations like, it might be time. You know, you've served us well. We're so appreciative of the number of years of service you've had, um, but it might be time to let somebody else have this opportunity. Yeah. And uh, that really had gone over pretty well. But it, you know, it probably took three, three years or so to really get it down now to this just all-star, all-star team of ambassadors. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've been intrigued with all these different ambassador programs that different chambers do and from applications and interviews to I've, I've heard of some that, you know, the ambassadors pay to be a part of the program. And it really helps mm-hmm. to kind of not weed out, but really um, qualify those who are yep. really there to show up and, and do the work. Absolutely. We're turning them away now, right? I mean, I saw the list of, I'm thankful I don't have to make the decisions because I was like, oh, are you kidding? This person doesn't get to be an ambassador. Um, but it's it's the right thing, right? And so now you're raising the bar and creating it to be something that people aspire to. What a mind shift. Right. Absolutely. And really, if you're not qualifying those ambassadors as volunteers somehow, it really ends up just creating more work for you either damage control or hands-on with each of those volunteers. And yep. so help right. yourself by, by helping to, to qualify those who are, are volunteering. A hundred percent. You know, that makes me think of something else, Brandon. I think that so often in the chamber industry, we think about, um, we'll just, we're just grateful for anybody that will help or any member that will join. And we've kind of changed that mindset here. So um, even from a membership perspective, we rate our members A, B, C, D. If we're clear on who our ideal members are, we spend more time going after those ideal and we'd spend more time trying to retain those ideal um, because we found that we spent so much of our time and energy chasing and dealing with these problematic members um, that were paying the very lowest tier membership dues and really weren't well aligned with chamber membership. Will we take their money for a membership? Absolutely. Will we support them? A hundred percent. But we're not going to spend the same energy chasing after them. And once we gave ourselves that permission, um, we were so much more impactful. So, I mean, we've been retained, last year we retained our membership at over 92%, right? You find the the right recipe and it works. The same thing's true from the volunteer standpoint. I kind of identify and define what's your ideal ambassador look like and go after those people and raise the bar. Don't just be like, oh, we'll take whatever we can get. Um, because those problematic ambassadors that don't align with those expectations, oh, they are soul sucking, yeah. right? It takes all of your time, all of your energy, and they don't 
uh, and you don't get anything for it. It's just a double negative. Yeah. Well, and, and you can go another step with recruiting your board, right? It's a, it, across the board, whether it's a member, Absolutely. a volunteer, a board member. And uh, the example he gave with the members, it's kind of the membership paradox, right? Like those that need the most help, that need the most attention, can't afford to pay more than just the basic yep. know, entry level membership. So right. um, yep. being, being clear on that is very helpful. Absolutely. So Jody, as we start to wrap things up here, I wanted to ask you if you have any tip or action item that you might suggest for listeners who want to take their chamber up to the next level, what would you offer them? You know, I think one thing that um, is often a struggle for people is kind of making decisions based on data. And so I think don't let data be something that is scaring you. Use that to inform your decisions and your work, whether it's to go to the board and say, um, I need another person, or um, if it's to to define um, new opportunities for you, or if it's to kill the sacred cow, right? It's that program that you've done forever. Use data to help drive those decisions. Um, we have a very robust scorecard system that we go over once a week as a staff with those key metrics that show us whether we're on track or off track. And we use that really to drive the decisions forward. What are we going to continue to do? What do we need to stop doing? Or what additional resources might we need to take things to the next level? So don't be afraid of data. It really can be your friend. Yeah. Especially as you go to your board and say, I feel like we need to get rid of the sacred <laughs> cow versus we need to get rid of the sacred cow. Look at, you know, exactly. this is what it was five years ago. This is what we're getting now. The engagement's not there. The money's not there, whatever it is. It's not aligned with our mission anymore based 100%. on the data. Yep. So. Yep. Absolutely. You know, sometimes killing those sacred cows are the best things that you can ever do uh, because it gives you opportunity, um, space, capacity to do something new that might be more meaningful for your organization, for your community, for your members. Um, don't be afraid to try something new. Right. So I like asking everyone I have on the show, as we look to the future of Chambers of Commerce, how do you see the future of Chambers and their purpose going forward? Now, that's such a great question. I was talking to somebody about that yesterday. Um, I talked before about the fact that we've got a 10-year target, right? Where are we going to be 10 years from now? Yeah. And our 10-year target does not include the words Chamber of Commerce. Uh, we say that we're going to be an organization that... Uh, right? Because I don't know what this is going to look like. And I don't want to restrict myself so far to say um, that I do know what that is. Maybe it's a chamber of commerce, but we know that we want to be the essential business resource and leading connector in the middle of a thriving and prosperous community, whatever that might look like. Um, I think that that the needs from our business community are evolving so quickly that we're going to have to continue to change to be relevant and um, important for the community to continue to lean on in that way. Yeah, no, I like that. I I had a thought just as you were giving that response that has never really crossed my mind before. But when you talk about not necessarily being married to the term Chamber of Commerce, Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen a lot of chambers make that shift already, right? Where yep. they're, they've changed, they've taken chamber out of their name, but, um, 
you know, in today's world of digital, you know, keyword research, and you know, as people look at terms that are find found on on search engines, um, chamber has multiple definitions. Right. So if you do a, a search for chamber, I mean, who knows what's going to come up? Right. Is, is there a more defining word or term that can be coined to really encompass what a chamber of commerce does right. to give some more clarity and more um, focus on allowing, you know, the community to understand, you know, what the right. business organization does. Right. I, I don't know what the answer is to that, frankly, and maybe we'll still be a chamber, um, but we want to be open enough to the fact that that might not be the same label right. uh, that we have, but we'll continue to evaluate that year over year. Um Regardless of what we're called, I think that there's a need for an organization like a chamber of commerce uh, to be at the core of uh, of any community to really help it thrive and to be the best that it can be. For sure. Well, Jody, this has been a fun conversation. I'm sure people have been jotting notes as they've been hearing you talk. But for the listeners who might want to reach out and connect with you, maybe learn more about the EOS system or just in general, how you guys are doing things there at the Michigan West Coast Chamber, what would be the best way for someone to reach out and connect? Absolutely. I We love that. I love it um, personally. Our whole staff does. So I would encourage you to visit our website, westcoastchamber.org, um, and take a look. Feel free. All of our contact information is on the website on our staff page. So if you're a membership person and want to connect with Jess or Britt, reach out. They'd be happy to hear from you. If you want to talk to me about Chamber in general um, or anything about EOS or forward thinking, click right there on the link and um, contact me directly there as well. We truly are passionate about the work that we do and are always uh, honored to have the opportunity to talk with other Chamber professionals to um, help support the work that you're each doing in your own individual communities. That's perfect. We'll have, of course, links to your website and staff page and everything in our show notes for this episode. So anybody can, can find you there as well. But Jody, thank you so much for being with us today on Chamber Chat Podcast, for sharing your experience and how you guys are doing things there at the West Coast Chamber. I really do appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, Brandon. If you are a Chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Have you ever thought about creating a podcast for your chamber? We always hear about how chambers need to be storytellers. What better way is there to tell the stories of your members and the work of your chamber than through a podcast? Your audience is waiting to hear from you as a convener of leaders and influencers, champion for business, and catalyst for change within your community. I just launched a chamber podcast course with the goal to get your very own podcast started within 30 days. Visit chamberchatpodcast.com slash pivot to learn more and to enroll in the Chamber Podcast course today.